Here's the thing. Travel is fire. Travel can scar you and burn you and tattoo the shit out of your arm if you let it. But you have to sort of ready yourself before you get there if you want the right type of wound. The type which you can someday look to and count on for the rest of your days. Yeah, I remember that one, you say. Yes, and now, well, I've never been the same again. average CEO reads 60 books per year, and many attribute their success to this habit of constant learning. This is the difference between those who actualize and those who fail. This automization of their learning, this 1% better every day. On the Minterbox podcast, we're making it easy for you to build and maintain that same habit, the same type of constant lifelong learning as those CEOs, simply by listening to this podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and tune in for new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and every Friday. And if you want to dig deeper into what our incredible guests teach, make sure to go to mentorbox.com and become a member today. Hello and welcome to this edition of Mentorbox. I'm your host, Jonathan Kendall, and today we'll be talking about travel, or namely, why it's so important. Full disclosure, one of my favorite places in the world is currently in the news for trying reasons. Guatemala, where I became a man, I would say, is erupting. Volcan Fuego, the fire volcano, which rests high above Antigua, a classic destination for European and American tourists looking to learn Spanish, reached its geological limit, you would say. And now here we are, dozens dead, thousands displaced, a country reeling. So you might ask, what from these great tragedies can we learn? What of Puerto Rico last year? What of tornadoes, the hurricanes and their waves? What of the great mud of the sliding hills? Well, I'll tell you what I learned. Because when I was there in the Guatemala of my youth, Fuego's sister, Pacaya, too, erupted. Earlier that month, I had taken a friend of mine up near the top. It's interesting, shocking, unusual how flippant the locals are with hiking up to the top. You begin winding up from the base in a chicken bus, they call them, brightly colored old American school buses until reaching to where the buses no longer can climb. Then you go out to begin the hike. There are Sherpas there, horses too. You can rent if you don't want to take the whole trek on your own two feet. It begins as a rainforest, wet and canvas green, the smell of fresh water and fresh dirt, ants marching below your feet, massive leaves larger and taller than your entire body. This one here is a cure for the common cold, and this one, don't touch this one, the guide says. In a word, the whole jaunt is fertile, life erupting out from every corner, splashing up from and out into the world from below. It's miraculous. Though then, it all soon falls away. After a few miles up and up and up, the dirt turns to black sand, a moon, a surface unknown. Every step forward, half a step back. Now you understand why the horses. Oh no, don't worry, it's safe, 
Come on up, the guide says. And so you go. Near the top, you can literally see the lava flowing only feet below you. Careful over there, it'll burn your shoes off, the guide points. Oh, right. Yeah, you think. This would absolutely 100% not be legal in the United States. There's no way they let you get this close. There would be ropes and gates, do not trespass signs, borders and procedures. But not there, not in Pacaya. Just the locals with their colored cloths and cowboy hats, wrangling the tourists up and up, toes burning all the while, phones out, lots of oohs and ahs, a calamity of wow. It's beautiful, dangerous, hot, entirely and sometimes frighteningly hot. Then there's sunset, then sliding back down the black sand, smiles and more pictures. Man, that was crazy everyone exclaims. Wow. Just wow. Then down, down, down in the darkness with headlamps, the noises clanging, altering themselves. The Guatemalan nightingales worshiping their moon. It's beautiful, spectacular, breathtaking. I did that hike four times while I lived there, all until I couldn't any longer. I remember the morning when it all changed. Pacaya erupted all over Facebook. Then when I walked outside, blackness smoldering. Epic, wild, sad. Our guides, the villagers, the natives of the mountain. Many of them now dead. And then the same week, a tropical storm from the Great Pacific. The west meeting the top to rain down a hot rush of mud into even more villages, washing away their houses. We have to go help, my boss said. Let's gather up what we can and go help. It turned out that we would mostly just get in the way with the recovery. The NGOs told us then just to get bottled water and pass it around to all the aid workers. So that's what we did. The few of us. American co-workers trying to start a startup in Guatemala. A truck full of water to share with the aftermath. And what we saw there, what I saw there, was, well, life-changing. The smell of, well, the smell. Entire villages swiped to the ground like an erasing. Swoosh. And just like that, millions of tons of mud sliding down, destroying everything in its path. It's all a blur, really. Death smudged every which way, blending out the details and the lost individuals for their own families to deal with and worry over. I can't put my finger on any of it, except for what remained of a school bus. Only the tippy top of it visible, a yellow mark below our feet. We were standing on top of the bus, I realized. The ground had been lifted to that extreme, feet, 10 feet at least, I wondered where the children were when it all happened. And where are they now? Those questions I didn't know the answer to and still don't. Except I do know this. That I am grateful. Grateful for what I saw. Grateful for my hands and water. Grateful for the volcano reminding us. Grateful for the rain. Grateful for the village. Grateful that despite the tragedy, there always seems to come redemption. Grateful that despite the death, there always seems to come 
a turning point. Grateful to be alive. Just grateful. Because no one really knows why any of that happens. Why volcanoes erupt. Why hurricanes blow. Why droughts plague. Why I am here and they are not. We don't know. But what we do know is this. That seeing and experiencing both the good and the bad, coming face to face with the galactic intensity of existence by way of stepping outside of the box is crucial for us to continue to thrive as a species. For you, too, to thrive. Because see, here's the thing. Travel is fire. Travel can scar you and burn you and tattoo the shit out of your arm if you let it. But you have to sort of ready yourself before you get there if you want the right type of wound. The type which you can someday look to and count on for the rest of your days. Yeah, I remember that one, you say. Yes, and now, well, I've never been the same again, you say. Travel in this way is a fast forward button, a shortcut. Read a book, read dozens of books, Hell, read a hundred books, watch a movie, a documentary that kicks your ass, a conversation at a funeral. These are pivots. They can be, yes. But a well-placed adventure is always a pivot. Traveling to a truly, truly unique place is a wormhole. Time travel. Waking up in a new dimension. Which is 1,000% absolutely something you should do forever and ever and ever and over and over again. Because it's a stacking of value. What I learned in Guatemala just through osmosis rivals every book I've ever read. Because I remember the sharpness of its colors, the loudness of its difference. I hear little old me with all my flags and dogmas and theories and rights and wrongs. Though now here, where everything is different. Well, except for one thing that we are all here together, that humans are humans, that despite our differences, or well, because of our differences, here we are, love, compassion, community, and that realization that we are here not to be the same, but to learn from each other, that was a holy grail moment for me. Dialectic over debate, truth over ego, us over me. Travel, then, real push-your-limits travel is not optional for any human who wishes to climb any ladder, be it spiritual, intellectual, emotional, philosophical, political, or socioeconomic. It is a requirement. Because sometimes we need these slaps in the face. You need them. And there's no better way than to travel way, 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 way out past from where you once were. Geography bends reality in this way, and then so too it will bend you in just the right places. And don't give me any economic, I don't have enough money. If you live in the fields of Georgia, then drive to the water. If you're in the greatest cities, working your bones thick with tar, then take a ferry to the other side of the bay. Ride a horse. Day trip to a small town. Hike a mountain. Look at the stars without the lights on. Go to a new restaurant, walk the side streets, listen to an open mic, eat something you think you'll despise, say hello to a stranger, see a foreign movie, travel, 
like all things, is a fractal. The more extreme, the better, of course. But the more you do it day to day, in your own community even, expanding your boundaries, the more you'll crave it. The more you see, the more you'll want to see. You'll become comfortable with uncomfortability. Because really, travel is synonymous with newness. It simply means expand your comfort zone. It means that if you are to learn, then avoid the sheltered, cloistered symposiums of your own mind. They do not do you well. They keep you safe, yes, for now. But they also keep you down and weak. For while everyone else is out slaying the dragons of their ever-expanding innovations, you are still you, little old you, huddled next to the same old fire forever and ever. So I ask you, shall you be the hero or the villager waiting to be saved? Because if you want to expand yourself, travel. Just travel. Just do it. It is honestly a choice. It is a decision. Go. Run, jump, climb, see, experience, converse, love, and most importantly, learn. Do not go where you have already been. Because if you do, you'll be where you've always been. And no one wants that. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the MentorBox podcast. If you want to learn more about what our authors as well as all of our authors teach, make sure to sign up at MentorBox.com. And if you like the MentorBox podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts as that helps us get discovered by more people who will enjoy and be helped by what we do over here at MentorBox. Also, if you think of anyone who would enjoy or be helped by what we do here at MentorBox, be sure to let them know. We do what we do at MentorBox to try to make the world a better place through the incredible education our authors bring. And we can only do that through your help. So please help us spread the word. Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next MentorBox podcast.